Test, test, test. I actually might turn myself up. Wait. Test, test, test. Peeking, peeking. I'm peeking. <laughs> I am peeking. Uh-oh. I am peeking. I peeked. <laughs> okay, Olivia, we've started. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, okay. <laughs> put, the, put the mic up to your mouth. It's there. Okay. This is going to be weird for us because I forgot the mic stands. So we're holding it like a karaoke bar. <laughs> It looks like a, a barstool podcast video. I like it, but I don't because like sometimes I like to do research about the stories we're telling as we're talking. Some of us are good at multitasking though. Some of us can do it with one hand. I can type with one hand. Oh yeah, my mom was like, how do you how do you type so fast? And I was like, mom, I, I was raised on a computer. We went to school and we we took classes on how to how to type on the computer. My typing class, they put like this orange rubber cover over the keyboard. Yeah. So we couldn't see the keys. Yes. And it was so scary. They were like, if you lifted up the rubber cover, you would have to start over again or you would like <laughs> be docked a letter grade. It was like a little torturous. I think they were going to like hit us with a ruler or something. That, that too. I don't think I've ever been chastised by a public school. Have you ever been spanked by your school? No, but my school did do that. They would do stuff you, like that? Um, your parents actually had to sign a form saying that they were okay with the school using corporal punishment on you. And I remember like hearing about that in like the orientation or something when I was so young, like I was in like kindergarten. I don't know. I, that's, that's such an old way of thinking. Would you spank your children? No, no I wouldn't. I don't think I would either. Definitely barstool territory. Yes. I, I knew like a chaotic spirit would come upon <laughs> us with us holding the mics. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting all sorts of vibes with this. With this. I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting karaoke. I'm getting gospel choir. There's so many Can cancelable <laughs> offenses. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Speaking of gospel choirs, I had this idea to create a playlist, like a hype playlist, right? Yep. When I'm feeling down on my luck, put together a playlist to listen to to make me make me excited. Let myself know that I'm doing me and only me because I am unique. Yep. And I'm cute. Absolutely. The first song I think about putting on this playlist, uh, this song by the group Mary Mary. It's a gospel duo from probably late 90s, early 2000s. That was like their peak. Um, but they have this song called Can't Give Up Now. Gets you going. It gets me going. And that's what I feel like right now. <laughs> I feel like a, a female gospel duo. We you and I. <laughs> we we kind of needed a little bit of a pump up, you know. It's it's getting late into the evening and yeah. we had like full work days and our brains were a little tired and you put that on and it kind of uh I did. I played it for you. It gave us a little little juice in the tank. <laughs> I hate holding the mic. This is giving me like <laughs> F-boy energy. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just watching you like grip it harder than me and I'm like, am I doing it wrong? <laughs> you gotta get a good grip on it. Oh my gosh. This might be too early of a segue. But when I was at youth group, they played a prank on us. We were like watching the screen and we were supposed to like spot the dog in like these really busy pictures. It's a giant projection in this like auditorium at youth Wednesday night youth group. 
And then they, we go through and we're like, there, there, we see it. And then the next one that comes up, it's like a close up of the girl from The Exorcist, Reagan, like her face when she's possessed. What? And it made everyone scream so hard. <laughs> Yo, no way. And that was at youth at group. Youth- <laughs> Not us getting played at youth group <laughs> using a demon. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, were you scared? Well, then that's why you should repent. No, they're like the photos from The Exorcism or The Exorcist. They're pretty terrifying. If that movie was an hour shorter, I think I would think it was way scarier. I, I feel that. I think I think all the the lore behind the scenes uh, is probably a lot scarier than the yes. actual Exorcist. Okay, this is just like a really quick article. Thirty plus The Exorcist facts most horror fans don't know about the film. Yes, and I'm just gonna get into some of the, the read quick them ones. to me. Yes, okay. So the book on which it is based was initially a failure when published. Did you know this? The author hit some luck when he was invited as a last minute guest on a late show, um, and subsequently the book hit the New York Times bestseller list immediately after. It's pretty cool. Oh, the McNeil house caught fire during the shoot except Reagan's room. A very mysterious fire left the whole set damaged, but Reagan's room was completely unharmed. Love that for her. Wow. Okay, Reagan. (laughs) The screams you hear when Reagan's mother is thrown to the floor after the possessed girl slaps her are actually genius. She permanently injured her spine during the shooting of the scene because she was pulled too hard by a cable. (gasps) Oh! What? That's awful. That's horrible. Linda Blair also injured her back while filming. A piece of rigging broke while shooting one of the infamous possession scenes. Oh my god, I think I know it's the I think I know the one. Really? Ugh, I can't describe <gasps> oh, it. You know Wait, yes. I no, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was actually She's pretty She's just like flopping like kind of like on and off the bed sort of, but I could see how that would like be it looked, where it happened. It looked horrible. Yeah. Uh, Reagan's room was literally freezing. The director wanted it to appear genuine that the room was cold and literally chilled it to achieve this effect. The entire room of Reagan was refrigerated to catch the breath of the actors on camera. The room was actually 30 to 40 degrees below freezing. What? Wow. This, this like, the filming of this just sounds kind of abusive. The sound of the demon leaving Reagan's body is actually recordings of pigs being led to slaughter. Oh, my God. That's such bad juju. I know. Ooh, I wasn't holding. That's bad juju. (laughs) (laughs) There was quite a number of deaths surrounding the movie. Actor Jack McGrowan died from the flu shortly after shooting ended. Another actress also died during post-production due to natural causes. Both of their characters died in the film. Linda Blair's grandfather and Max von Sydow's brother both died during shooting. The son of Mercedes McCambridge murdered his wife and two daughters before taking (gasps) his own life in 1987. Oh my God. And that's the demon voice? I... I guess so. A woman was so frightened at a showing of the movie that she passed out and broke her jaw. She later sued Warner Brothers and ended up settling for an undisclosed amount. She said that like it was because of subliminal messaging, but subliminal messaging has been proven by science and like psychology to not be a thing. If I I were Warner Brothers, I'd be like, give us the money back. (laughs) 
I also think that there was a lot of like marketing push behind this to make it look a lot scarier. I mean, they've done it with the Blair Witch Project. What's that other movie you love? That like found footage film? Oh, Paranormal Activity? Yeah, they did it with that too. I like how you're so shady about it because you don't like Paranormal Activity. It's it's like a fine movie. Like I tried getting into it, but it's not my thing. That came in a time after the recession when there was no money to make movies. Oh my God, I don't need to know all so this. So they, you know, took out the camera and then they had $10. I, <laughs> and then they just were creative. <laughs> Maybe it's it's not the movie. It's the people that are into the movie, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, it's not actually the movie. It's you. I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> we're never holding the mics again. We're getting kind of cocky right now. <laughs> Tiny update. Do it again. <laughs> Come on. Tiny updates. All right, it's time for tiny updates. Tiny updates. Yeah. Let's, let's make this quick. Uh, I just been working, having a hot girl summer. Should have thought this part of it through more. I need to finish wallpapering my living room. When, when did you start <laughs> wallpapering your living room? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to look so good when it's done. Thank you. Yeah. I think we started in May and it is July. I like buying stuff. A lot of expensive hair products. I'm so bad at buying literally the same exact product, but it just has a different brand or like a different cover. And I'm like, that's going to work better. And it's like $25 more. More expensive. I bought like a Glossier. Yes. I bought a Glossier product one time. Oh, wait. I think it's Glossier. Glossier. I really thought I was going to use it a lot more. I don't know. You know, sometimes I feel like you're just paying for the brand, but... Facts. I really did pay for that basic Helvetica font. And a name that we forgot how to say. Glossier or Glossier. 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 <clears throat> what are your tiny updates? My quick tiny updates. I started another project. Uh, well, actually, like I've, I've been brought on to this project and, and that's been a lot of fun to dive into. I feel independent. Mm-hmm. Just so pumped to get started on that bad boy. I posted a TikTok the other day for the first time in a while. I wish I was so much better at like posting TikToks. I do have a bone to pick with you and the TikTok that you created. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, you knew this was coming. Jake decided to comment on Y2K fashion, which is fine. Coming but back. then he had some hating words <laughs> for an absolute staple icon, classic ensemble, the piece that every it gal or any other woman in America had Mm -hmm. during that time, the juicy couture sweatsuit. Jake has a controversial opinion on it. I don't think that everybody belongs in a juicy couture sweatsuit. That's not an opinion. It's just like some people shouldn't wear them, bro. (laughs) Paris Hilton, we had a, I saw a Beyonce or actually I, I believe all of Destiny's Child had several photos in them and they look great. Before I get like, hate I haven't from even you. said anything. No, stop. Because you're looking at me. <laughs> Look, okay. The reason why I didn't think that it always worked is because there were certain juicy couture sweatsuits. It was just so baggy, and it just didn't. I'm, I'm deleting all this. <laughs> 
Look, I don't know. It, it just wasn't for me. Fair enough, I guess. Do you, <laughs> do you have photos of you and your juicy think, prime? I think I do, but they they like will definitely stay in a vault forever. Oh, yeah? Why? Because I was much younger and I wasn't oh my God. Um, a, like Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And I didn't really pull it off like she did. Got it. I need a chance to like redeem myself. You have. You've redeemed yourself for years, I'm sure. I <laughs> ever since you got rid of that. Um. Anyway, oh I'm not. God. Look, look. If you want to wear it, and I said it, I don't even know if you stuck around for the whole thing. But I said, if you're gonna wear it, own it. I think I just started you know, sending hate comments to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> immediately after. Yeah, yeah. No, wear it, own it, whatever. It's cool. If you feel beautiful, you look beautiful. I think you said that in a passive aggressive way, but I'll drop it for now and just move on to your I next update. <laughs> I had a birthday recently. Olivia, thank you for coming. I really had a good time. I had such a good time. Thank you for having a birthday. So at the pool, Olivia got me a gift. Olivia, the Oh yeah. The hit, <laughs> the hit clips gift was was incredible. I don't know if you know how much that meant to me. It's in such mint condition. I hope that you can use it to like buy a boat one day. And I'm glad you loved it so much. And I will. <laughs> I'm gonna pull up to your front door one day in my boat and I'm gonna be like, get in slow. <laughs> We're and- going boating. <laughs> I want to be able to charter this yacht bought by the NSYNC hit clip (laughs) anytime. (laughs) Our dream day on the ocean, charter boat. On the JT Chazé. (laughs) Playlist with my gospel. Uh, And then our podcast, just like on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine a yacht just (laughs) blasting this podcast. What a weird vibe. (laughs) Just in, you know, off the coast of Majorca or wherever you take a yacht. (laughs) Us being like tiny updates. (laughs) In honor of us holding the mics for this whole episode, if the audio is in and out, it's partly my fault and partly because Olivia keeps quaking in her chair. (laughs) But... I'm really going to try to salvage this thing. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a microphone stand. (laughs) Shut up. In honor of us holding the mics uh, for this episode, uh, it reminds me a lot of church camp. And and, um, (laughs) one thing about church camp that I know, church camp songs weren't always religious for me. Anytime I was going to church camp, they would always like try to pass like secular radio songs for like, Christian songs. And I always thought that they were. I just want to share some of these with you. Uh, the first one was Who Bestanks the Reason? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. They did not try to pass off Who Bestank as a they, Christian band. They did. <gasps> they didn't. Every time I heard it, I was like, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a, a perfect, perfect person. person. Um, Let's yeah. look, are you not us looking up the Hoobastank lyrics? Hoobastank. <laughs> oh, wait. Are they still active? Good for them. Some Oh, they have a summer tour coming up with Everclear Living Color in Orange County. We're going. Of course, it's in Orange County. I've found a reason for me to change who I used to be. A reason to start over new. 
And the, and reason, the reason is, is you, you. you Jesus. What? Love me to Jesus. There's nothing in this song that one could say isn't a Christian song. Exactly. So Tell I'd, me it's not. I'd make the argument <laughs> could pass as a Christian song. What about you? I know that you. Oh, yeah. I, I went to youth group. I went to church. I went to Jesus camp. So I can't remember if me and my cousins told someone that this was a Christian song so we could listen to it or if someone told us that it was and we were like, cool. And it was everywhere by Michelle Branch, uh, maybe about the the spirit, the- right. Oh, oh wait, no. Omnipresent. Omnipresent? Omnipresent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I also believed that The Fray was a Christian band. How to Save a Life. Yes. For some reason, they played it at youth group and they were like, I think we sang along to it. I think they put the lyrics up for like the worship portion. There was a moment, though, when I was listening to a Fray song at church and I was like, I think this is about a girl. Um, One for me was Nick Carter's I Got You. And there was a line in the song where he says, I want to thank you for all the things you've done, but most for choosing me to be the one. Tell me you wouldn't listen to that at youth group. So that's either about God or his wife. Mm -hmm. Was he married at this time? No. Okay. Yeah. Then that means it's about God. This is kind of a, a weird one that they were passing off. And I think I knew because this was just like the height of the emo scene time. Mm. Uh, My Immortal by Evanescence. Oh man. They they put the music video on and I think they just wanted us to like cry. They were definitely a Christian passing band for a while. And I think they even announced that they weren't and everybody was like, no, you are. Uh, like <laughs> The public gaslighting yeah, like, Evanef- no. Evanescence. <laughs> and yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. I know exactly what made Evanescence deemed a Christian band. Uh, it was, was it in- because Amy Lee has a voice of an angel? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so in the first song that they came out with, was it Bring Me to Life? Who was the feature on it? A guy named Paul McCoy. And he is from a band named 12 Stones. And that was an American Christian rock band. So, oh. yeah, they literally started in like 2000 and oh my, they're still active. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> not you discovering this in real time. Yeah, oh yeah, they came out with an EP in 2020. So you know what? No one believed was a Christian band, but actually was a Christian band is Flyleaf. Oh my gosh. Yo, actually so true. I went and saw them live and it was amazing. I will break into your heart. She was my even more emo than Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne. Oh yeah, because she had the scream down and it was good too. I'm gonna listen to that on my way home. Right? I remember turning that up on an iPod classic. I'm so sick. <laughs> wow, how did this turn into like our like 2000s dream? It has really brought back some memories and kind of brought me back to a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back into the spooks. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot it. I think a real good way to uh, get us on the right track is two sentence horror stories. 
we, we've heard them before, but they're so scary that sometimes you want to say them again. Mm-hmm. And all you really have to do is just add some auto-tune to it. So this is Two Sentence Horror Stories. Auto-tune, auto-tune edition. edition. Where are the stories? <laughs> Where are the story? I, I, wait, what are you talking about? I, I actually have mine prepped. You don't? Start it. We're sorry, listeners. Add a flyleaf intermission here. <laughs> Just in the spirit of Evanescence. Can we do an Evanescence type beat? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I won't look at you. Cut this out. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> I think you might actually hit all the notes, though. I don't think I did. I don't think you needed auto-tune on that one. I, if you don't auto-tune it, <laughs> I, I'm going to come get she you. Resigns. All right, give it to us. Still Evanescence, but track five, uh, song title, Haunted. <clears throat> Day 312. Internet still not working. That was it. That's the story. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that scary. It's but like I did a good job though. <laughs> you <laughs> did. Let's hear your uh, let's hear your next one. I can't sleep. She whispered crawling into bed with me. I woke up cold clutching. <laughs> Wait, okay. I woke up cold, clutching the dress she was buried in. I think you found- I'm going to regret this. <laughs> this is going to be- <laughs> I think you found what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, God. <laughs> this is uh, Hoobastank uh, inspired. Yes. My daughter won't stop crying. In the middle of the night, I visit her grave and ask her to stop, but it never helps. Oh, that's that is that's, spooky. That's bad. <laughs> I don't like that one. She asked why I was breathing so heavily. I wasn't. Are you a Christian artist? Am I? Or am I just ambiguously <laughs> releasing music? <laughs> Should I do Jason Mraz? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can S- keep doing Hoobastank. Or you could do Flyleaf. Oh, okay. Um. My wife woke <laughs> me up last night to tell me there was an intruder in our house. She was murdered by an intruder two years ago. (laughs) That was so clean. (laughs) Let's get down and dirty into this demon story. Today, we are talking about the Smurl family haunting. This is one of the more famous Ed and Lorraine Warren cases. Uh, Mm -hmm. You might know them from their likenesses in the Conjuring movies. Uh, The Amityville horror stuff is Mm -hmm. one of their cases as well. The Haunting in Connecticut. Also a little little joint that uh, 
Jake is talking about later called The Haunted. Yes, The Haunted. That was a, I believe it was a made-for-TV movie in the in 1991. This one was pretty crazy because uh, it definitely, it got a lot of attention, I think, in the press, right? Yeah, and it, it kind of went on for a while. This backstory that I am going to read also entertains the notions that, like, it was also possibly a hoax. I'll leave it up to you who is listening to form your own opinion on it. Probably the most controversial part of this besides the demon is a lot of people were like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it. it. Yeah, it went on for a long time from like 1974 to like 1987. So wow. over 10 wow. years of this town being like, there goes the Smurls again. And they were either really running a show or they were just getting terrorized by ungodly forces. Janet and her husband, Jack, along with their kids, Heather, Don, Karen, Shannon, and their German shepherd named Simon, lived in a duplex next to Jack's parents, John and Mary Smurl. And according to the Smurls, this haunted phenomenon began in 1974. This began with, you know, a couple strange occurrences First, it was just kind of like stuff going missing, and then it increases in intensity from there. Uh, So this family claims that the TV burst into flames, water pipes leaked, there were scratches on the walls, and toilets flushed by themselves. They heard footsteps and music from unplugged radios and empty rocking chairs swayed. And they experienced foul odors permeating the place and the drawers opened and closed by themselves. And the Smurls also claimed that there were a couple like paranormal creatures such as an incubus and a ghostly pig-like creature. They don't get into this in this little thing that I have, but there is also a claim that comes along later from Jack Smurl that he was visited and assaulted by a succubus, Mm. which is like a female sex demon and an incubus is a male sex demon. Oh, I I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. The Smurls stated that they tried to get help from the Scranton Roman Catholic Diocese and they said that they would consult experts. Um, Janet alleged that she thought Father O'Leary was helping, but she came to believe that he was a demon disguised as a priest. In 1986, the Smurls finally heard about and contacted self-proclaimed demonologist Lorraine and Ed Warren. Rest in peace. Love him. In, um, wet, in West Pitson, the Warrens conducted no scientific investigation and didn't question the Smurls about their feelings regarding the alleged phenomena. However, they announced that three spirits and a demon haunted the house. They asked Father Robert McKenna, later a bishop who is a member of the Order of Catholicism that the Vatican does not recognize, to perform an exorcism. Two unsuccessful exorcisms ensued, and the third one appeared to work, but the family later determined that it had failed. This was around the time that the Smurls contacted the media and a book publisher. Wait, I, okay, I'm actually sh- like shook about, like I didn't realize that Father McKenna wasn't recognized by the Vatican. 
in like an unlicensed uh, sect of Catholicism. I didn't realize that either. It's kind of crazy. And you know what's weird is that, and this doesn't get mentioned, but Ed Warren is one of two non-ordained Catholic priests who actually could do exorcisms and was granted the like training and like the blessing to do that from the Catholic church. Really? Yeah. The Vatican was like, okay, you can do it, but no one else. Well, I mean, it's not like an easy feat to just like shoo off a demon. And clearly he did it plenty of times. This next part that comes up, there is this organization and it is called CSICOP. And it stands for the Committee of the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. The organization investigates alleged paranormal phenomenon. The organization has since abbreviated their acronym to CSI, which is way easier. I like that. CSI Chairman Paul Kurtz offered to investigate this moral haunting because of all the attention that the case was getting Mm -hmm. and because of the Warrens' involvement. And then he wrote a book about the results called A Haunting in West Pitson? Not a ghost of a chance. (laughs) (laughs) And it appeared. It's a question. (laughs) A Haunting of West Pitson? Wait, Pitson. No. Pitson. Did I say that wrong? No, I I said Piston. You said said Pitson. Piston or Pitson? Pits in. Piss in. Pits in. Bones in. Boneless? This is pointless. (laughs) Uh, This article appeared in the winter of 1986-87 issue of the Skeptical Inquirer. Ooh. Kurtz sent two two teams of investigators to West Pittston. When they arrived, the Warrens denied them access to the house. Although the Smurls gave one of the teams permission to investigate the haunting claims. CSI members extensively phone interviewed the Smurls, neighbors, and reporters working on the case. This guy, Kurtz, the CSI guy, believed that the hauntings were a hoax for a few reasons, including conflicting reports from teenage Don and Jack's health. He had brain surgery three years before the incidents to relieve water on the brain, which Mm. might contribute to delusions. Mm. Um, Allentown psychologist Robert Gordon thought that the family possibly suffered from mass hysteria similar to that which happened during the Salem witch hunts and trials. He said shared tension might cause this and common symptoms could involve delusions or hallucinations. When Kurtz asked the Smurls to undergo comprehensive psychological and physiological exams, they refused. The neighbors complained to town officials for years about bad smells originating from a sewer pipe near the Smurls' home as well. And that could have been the source of the odors that the Smurls talked about. In addition to that, there was intermittent settling of homes in the area due to layers of underground mine veins which could have caused the rocking chairs and other disturbances. Kurtz noted the possibility that financial gain could have caused the hoax as well. Within days of the story about 
the alleged haunting making national news, a witness allegedly saw Jack negotiating with Scranton businessman Ralph Loma ahead of the Star Group, which is a Hollywood production company. Uh. Jack initially denied this, but Loma confirmed he tried to get the exclusive rights to the story about the case. In November, St. Martin's Press claimed that it signed a book contract with the Smurls. Ed Warren, in attempting to defend his refusal to allow the CSI team to investigate the Smurls' home, called a press conference where he claimed he had tapes and a videotape of the dark form in the duplex. When someone asked for them, he couldn't remember the name of the TV company to which he gave the tapes. He also said the Catholic Church had quote-unquote evidence. The Catholic Church says that they don't. Okay. And the Catholic Church, they don't lie. Except for a few things. Except for a handful of things. Wow, this really debunks the whole movie that I just said. Oh, no. The 1991 made-for-TV movie. Classic, yeah. Okay, well, this is is crazy because I I do see a lot of holes in their story. But don't come for Ed and Lorraine. I happen to love them. Okay, so let me tell you what I know about the Smurls. I'm not one to read the book, (laughs) but I did watch the movie. There's definitely some dramatizations. I don't know. There was like an underlying tone of there's something being up with the family. So I don't know if they accounted for that, but like there was some stuff going on. Basically, it starts out with Jack and Janet Smurl. Uh, They move into their new home in West Pitson uh, on Chase Street. Uh, They were slightly reluctant with the whole thing, but really excited to move in. You know, in typical 1980s fashion, the neighbors are like really excited and they're just like waving and they're like, oh, just let us know if you need any help. (laughs) This movie really wastes no time on setting the tone and building all the atmosphere. Just went straight into it where I'm so used to this like conjuring world, you know? Mm, with like a slower buildup, yeah, sort like of such a slow burn, and like it was you, you like forget you're watching a scary movie and not just like a charming family. Yep. So it immediately kind of like dives into it. The first incident was at breakfast. They're all at the the dinner table, and the children are sitting around, and Janet's helping them out, and Jack's like rushing around getting ready for work, and he passes by the ter- toaster, the toaster, the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> he passes by the t- toaster, and it like immediately bursts into flames. Uh, and he throws a towel over the top of it to extinguish it. And and then he, he notices that it wasn't even plugged in. But he proceeds to blame the kids anyway. I, so I watched this movie and I'm just like typing notes as I go. But I said, maybe it's a spirit jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someone saw the title of the movie. <laughs> right? uh, as time goes on, they do a significant amount of remodeling and encounter a ton of issues with the electrical wiring. Apparently, they redid the wiring like three times. New scene. Jack's mother accuses uh, Jack's wife of shouting really foul language from outside of the house one day when she, she just like comes over and she's like, hey, I just need to tell you that I'm like smelling things in the house and, and the electricity is going nuts. And, and Jack's mother was like, I'm not happy with you. And she's like, why? She's like, I heard foul language from outside of the house. Foul language. Yeah, and then the wife's like, no, I, I didn't do it. And the mother was like, no, I heard someone. It sounded just like you. 
And she said that her son is a good Catholic man and he could never condone or even stomach words like those. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Morning arrives and, of course, Janet's in the kitchen. The children are uh, complaining about the cereal choices. Don't they know they're being haunted? I like, they have other things to worry about, right? I kind of want to put this clip in, but it's just literally so unreal. The kids are like complaining about the cereal choices and the husband walks in and was like, I can't find a clean shirt. Is this all the cereal we've got? Isn't enough for you? I can't find a clean shirt. Oh my God. I forgot about the laundry. What should I put on? Um, It's in the dryer. I'm sorry, Jack. I'll I'll go get you. (laughs) As if he wasn't like the one that wore all of them and then probably the room next to his underwear pile. Maybe they need to like not spend money on like name brand tricks and buy some actors. Yeah, buy some shirts. I don't know. The wife apologizes. She clearly seems to have a lot on her mind. So cut to nighttime. Interior living room scene. Oh, script it for us, honey. (laughs) The girls are having a sleepover and they're picking on one of their older sisters. Janet Smurl sits back down and mentions that she hears water sloshing around in the bathroom upstairs, and the girls claim that they can't hear anything, so she decides to go suss it out. Um, the water continues to churn as she walks up the stairs to the bathroom, but when she pulls the shower curtain open, there's no water. Things are getting pretty serious, so she runs for her rosary beads, and she prays, and she prays, and then she reaches for a cigarette because she's stressed out. She <laughs> has a late-night meltdown with Jack, he walks in, nobody knows what time it is, but she's just like accusing him for cheating and she, he flips out and then she apologizes again. Um, she's like, my bad, I'm hearing voices and I really think we should move. The husband forbids it. And then the following day, she tries to let it go, but she sees an apparition when she's ironing her husband's shirt. She runs to Jack's mom's house and she cries for help. And she says, I'm so glad that you came because I was a bit shooken up myself. She goes on to say that earlier during the day, she witnessed a dark figure go from one side to the other side of the room and then it just disappeared. Eventually, Jack Smurl finally believes because like, you know, they're both laying in bed and they hear noises inside the bed. So they're like, we got to figure out some help. So they go to the priest for dinner and he suggests that they get marriage counseling instead of an exorcism. (laughs) But he does offer prayer over every room in the house. So he comes over and he prays over everything. And as he walks up the stairs, he immediately feels a presence. And he continues to bless every room, but then he falls ill like immediately. And then he sits down and he advises the family to call them if anything else happens. The following day, the family are getting ready for their daughter's confirmation. Uh, The daughter seems a bit nervous that she might totally ruin her special day. That's what she said. I feel like I'm totally going to ruin my special day. So her mother suggests that they sing the 1779 classic hymnal Amazing Grace to calm their nerves. As soon as they start hitting them notes, the lights begin to flicker. They continue singing like nothing happens. And what does that do? It blows the light bulbs out of the ceiling. They should have sang Hoobastank instead. (laughs) Time goes on. They're literally begging the church uh, for help. They keep saying, no, the church isn't going to give us permission. Janet Smurl finally decides to take matters into her own hands. So she finds out about the Warrens and she goes to like, I guess like a seminar, just proceed to ask for help. Side note, the actors who are playing 
Ed and Lorraine are so like sophisticated and elegant. It's amazing. <gasps> I love the characters that play Ed and Lorraine today. Yeah, they're so dreamy. Yeah, the 1991 Lorraine is giving me like an X-Files kind of vibe. Oh, love that. Yeah, and then uh, 1991 Ed is giving me like a, a childhood Baptist preacher with like suede patches <laughs> on like his, his blue blazer. And it's just, it's so sweet. I love it. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, Q, Ed and Lorraine, they come to dinner and- they're like, we'll snoop around. We'll figure it out. We'll see like if there's any ghosts. So Lorraine goes, she looks through everything and she comes back and she says, I encountered four spirits. There was one elderly woman who was confused, uh, a young girl who was really violent. A third spirit was a man who suffered terribly and died in the house. And the fourth, and she's like, now everyone brace yourself. You might get scared. The fourth. Uh-oh. The fourth was a demon. She said that the demon is using the other three spirits to destroy the family. And Ed claims that the demon was channeling his energy through the oldest daughter. What? Yeah. There was a ton of encounters. Obviously, we've seen the movies. Dressers fly out of the shelves. Finally, they get an exorcism through one priest um, who I guess now we know (gasps) wasn't even... Accredited? Is that what you call Accredited? It? <laughs> a priest? Almost like illegitimate Catholicism. Okay. So finally the exorcist comes. He's initiating the process and immediately the walls start to shake. Literally, like that's that's all we see. Months go by. There wasn't a single incident. So from the movie's perspective, a priest by the name of Father Kent was sent by the bishop. So two days go by and nothing happens at all. He's called back to the church and Janet Smurl pleads for him to stay. He walks to the door, he grabs his stuff and she's like pleading for him. And he turns around and he's like, I have to leave. He says, sometimes we think we see things when we don't feel very special in this world. (gasps) Yo, (laughs) this movie thinks it was fake. I think so. they, They were definitely pushing that narrative. They finally move away, not because of the ghost, but because the press was so pressing. Oh my God. (laughs) They were so tired of the paparazzi. (laughs) Yeah, they couldn't do it. The haunted end notes at the end of it says that the supernatural phenomena continued in the new Smurl home until a church sanctioned exorcism in May of 1989 ended their ordeal. Well, I don't know why I give it a 710 for its spook factor. I would give it like a 610. Six Uh, out of 10? Six out of 10 for its spook factor, but I'm giving the mid-air hover over the bed moment. There was a mid-air hover moment where she literally like floats. She like float like her cover. She's like laying under her covers and she floats above the bed. Um, I'm giving that a nine out of 10. We've talked about other things on this podcast that I kind of like believe in more. This one, not so much. Like the Dybbuk box, I'm like, yeah, that's real. This, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Right. In the third conjuring, at the very end, they play the tapes of the boy who was <gasps> possessed. It was horrifying. That stuff is real. But whatever this was, I really I have a feeling that they were really just trying to get it back. Are you gonna play it? No, I, I Oh I'm thank not. God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> if I had both hands, if I if I had a microphone stand, I would be I'd be searching for these clips, but I don't, so. Thank God we're holding the mics. (laughs) That's a callback, everybody. (laughs) Regardless of like what we believe about this, I had fun. And I think that it's still so entertaining. 
I also really enjoyed this. We kind of took a little trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. We're just we're just so tired. It's like it's almost ten here, and it's almost our bedtime. (laughs) Olivia's like curled up in her little cat chair, and (laughs) my head is on the table. We really just crushed this episode. I'm so proud of us. Um, Thank you guys for listening so much. And we will 100% be back soon. Olivia, can you sign us off? I got this. Thank you so much. (laughs) You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find me on Instagram at Olivia Brody. You can find Jake on Instagram at Jake Trevino. And also, you can find my new TikTok <laughs> at Sweet Life of Jake. No hate comments, please. Bye, boo. Jake, Wait, we didn't frick. plug our Instagram. Oh, shoot. shoot. <laughs> you replaced it with your TikTok. <laughs> if you want to follow our podcast, I would love for you to do that. As a matter of fact, you can do that right now. Just go straight to, straight to Instagram and search... Why is it, why am I not working? It's the confidence for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find our podcast on Instagram at scary stories that scare us. You can find Jake on Instagram at Jake Trevino. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram at Olivia Brody. Jake wants you to follow his TikTok. <laughs> and it's called Sweet Life of Jake. He says no hate comments. But if you two are about the juicy couture sweatsuit and the support of it, definitely let him know. I got Um, you. We'll carry his home. Until next time. Bye bye, bye, booze. booze. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. I can't wake up. Wake me up inside. Save me. Save me from the dark. Wake me up. I can't wake up. I've been living a lie. There's nothing inside.